I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Well, the Browns lose again. They are now 3-7. and seven. The game that was originally supposed to be played in Buffalo ends up in Detroit, and the Browns end up on the wrong side of it, losing six of seven games. The final from Detroit, 31-23. Daryl Ryder, your first thoughts. Uh, it wasn't nearly as close as the final score indicated. The Browns got their ass kicked on Sunday again after yet another fast start in which they had an opportunity really to take charge in the game. And they just, they, they, they can't get it done. So um, it, if I was going to tell you that Jacoby Brissett would have over 300 yards passing and Josh Allen wouldn't, and that they did what they needed to do a little bit against Josh. I, I don't even, I don't, don't want to give credit really much to many places other than I thought Jacoby played well. Um, I thought um, Amari Cooper looked good. And that's, I, it's hard to, it's hard to dig into this loss and, and try to find the positives because that this team is just going in the wrong direction. A hundred percent. You know, it, uh, since Kevin Stefanski started, I wrote it down since he started 14 and six as head coach, he's eight and 15 and you don't have Baker Mayfield to kick around anymore. And I have said this earlier in, in previous podcasts, and I mean it sincerely, Kevin Stefanski might not be a very good head coach, might be a real good offensive coordinator, might be real good at drawing up a game plan, might be real good in front of ownership on the whiteboard, laying out a vision but when you watch this team on Sundays, it's a disaster. It really is. There's no adjustments. Um, they sustain no momentum whatsoever. They correct no mistakes whatsoever in games. Like, what does he do besides 
Stare at his play call card for four quarters. Like, seriously, what does Kevin Stefanski do? I have been watching to see if other coaches do that. Um, I haven't seen very many that lay into the card the way he does. So change it then, Daryl, if you're going to, if you're, if you're going to say this about Kevin and uh, you're not the only one, there are a lot of people. I would call Sean Payton tonight. Why? What, what, what's the correction? Uh, the correction is the coaching staff is not maximizing the talent. I don't know if you heard Miles Garrett after the game, but even he's talking about we got to maximize the talent while it's in its prime, and we're not doing that. Hmm. And he's right. They're wasting years of Nick Chubb. They're wasting years of Miles Garrett. They're just wasting years. And you could say that this year was flushed anyway because of the dynamic with Deshaun Watson. But my counter argument is, is they are giving away games that they should be winning. That's the point. The whole reason that I thought they were going to struggle without Deshaun Watson is because Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback and he wasn't going to be able to play at a level that would allow them to be in position to win many games. And that's not what's happened here. This is not a quarterback problem. So if you think just by Deshaun Watson playing in two weeks is going to solve the problem, unless you can clone that dude and he plays defensive tackle and he can play some linebacker and he can play some safety and he can play some corner, it don't fix the problem. It it don't he is he going to coach too? Is is he going to is he going to come up with the in game adjustments on in all three phases? You you know what I'm saying? Like I. I I don't know what the hell Paul D. Podesta does. Like, what, like we're, we have been sold on that these are the smartest people you can hire. They're all Ivy Leaguers, right? And, and look, I utmost respect for Ivy Leaguers. Okay, I'm not taking cheap shots here. But the reality is they're all Ivy Leaguers. They're all supposed to be brilliant. And they can't effing win a game. They can't make an effing adjustment in a game. They can't position their players to win games. Bottom line, y'all suck at your job. So if you suck now, what makes me believe you're going to suck less when Deshaun Watson comes out there? Uh, Daryl, I have no hope or expectation that Deshaun Watson can be any better than Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett threw three touchdown passes today and threw for over 300 yards. And now you've got another quarterback coming in that hasn't played in two years. That I, I just think that if people think Deshaun Watson is coming in here to save this season, you're mistakenly wrong. It's not fair to him, and it just doesn't make any sense. No, he's not. He's not salvaging anything. He's not. And and again, I would call Sean Payton tonight and see if he'd be interested in coming coaching Cleveland Browns next year. Should have fired Mike Prefer in the offseason. Didn't do that. Should have probably already fired Joe Woods. Hasn't done that, right? The defense is disorganized as all hell. They don't know if they're coming or going. They don't know where they're supposed to be. Hell, they call timeouts to get things set up, and they still F it up and give up touchdowns immediately. So like, why wait till the end of the season? They then, literally you... call the touchdown late in the second quarter because Stefan Diggs lined up next to Josh Allen in the backfield, and they're like, WTF, let's call timeout here and think this thing through. Bills come out of the huddle. Diggs is in the slot, walks right across, moseys right across there, right to left, wide open, no one around him, boom, touchdown. Like, what the hell did you just get done talking about in the huddle? 
How can you be this effing clueless every week? Every week since week two, the defense clueless, absolutely clueless on defense. Everybody's looking around. Was that you? Was that you? Was that me? Was that supposed to be you? Like, what are they doing? So Kevin Stefanski is the captain of the Titanic, and he ultimately has to go down with the ship, plain and simple. I think we're at that point where it's fair to talk about whether or not to bring Kevin Stefanski back for year four. Because here's the other tentacle to this, right? Even if you fool yourselves into thinking that Kevin Stefanski's the guy to manage Deshaun Watson's career in Cleveland, even though he has given you no evidence to believe that he can, although some will say he works some miracles with Baker Mayfield and he's been working miracles with Jacoby Brissett. I hear you there. But he's not the offensive coordinator. He's not the quarterback's coach. He is the head coach. And he's involved. he says he's involved in everything, and it looks like he's involved in nothing but staring into his damn play card for four quarters every Sunday afternoon. How about get your ass back to the bench and chew the defense out? Or get in Joe Woods' face in the locker room to clean this up. This has been going on for since week two. And it's the same thing week in and week out. And all we hear about, it's my fault. We got to be better. We got to execute that, that. It's the same speech from Kevin. His press conferences have basically become a waste of time because he said he says the same thing over and over and over again. And the results don't change. Like the results are not changing. This team is in retrograde. This team is not progressing. In what phase are the Cleveland Browns better today than they were in week one? Oh, wait. They're not. They've lost six of their last seven games. They're not. And we saw this glimmer of hope against the the Cincinnati Bengals. Miracle in Charlotte, they've lost seven of eight. They're lucky they're not two and eight right now. Thank you. Thank you, Cade York. They're lucky they're not two and eight. Cade York giveth and Cade York taketh away at one point. But my other, but you know, let's do this, Daryl. I'm gonna, I'm you're on fire right now, and I, I don't want to douse the flames at all. So let's do this. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I can't argue with anything that you're saying right now. I'm just wondering why wait? Why wait? And you can answer that in the next segment once you do that. Why wait? If you think it's so bad right now, what's this gonna look like when Deshaun Watson is here in uh, two weeks from today? It is a post-game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder is on a roll. It's brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One. The right choice for your comfort. Um, Daryl. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more. I asked you when we last the left last segment, and you were talking about Kevin Stefanski and needing a change and trying to figure things out. Why not make a change now, with weeks to go in the season when Deshaun Watson starts, so you can have a fresh approach towards next year and start working your quarterback of the future into the plans with a new head coach of the future or a well, new I, offensive coordinator of the future. Yeah, you're you're not going to make these kind of changes in season. Um, but I would absolutely make them as soon as the season is over. Uh, if Sean Payton gives you any indication that he's interested in coaching the Cleveland Browns, pull the trigger. Uh, when's, when does the season finale uh, happen? Uh, in Pittsburgh, make Kevin Stefanski like the 20th coach since 1999 to lose his job after losing to the Steelers in a season finale at Heinz, at Heinz Field or whatever the hell they call that place now. Um, Akrashire Stadium, I believe, is what the actual mm-hmm. name of that is. Uh, home of the home of the squealers but yeah i I mean so if you're not going to make coordinator changes in season you certainly aren't going to make the head coaching change in the season um but but again if you were kevin would you lobby to to have a new defensive coordinator tomorrow why not what i mean you're trying to save your job at some point here right yeah or maybe you say or maybe you say you know what alex you're going to start calling the plays down the stretch here well, see see, here's, yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing. Let's let's say I, I don't think that they're going to fire Stefanski. I think they're giving him a mulligan for this year. OK. And I'm going to explain to you why that's a bad thought process on. Well, first, people. explain to me, why do you think he has the mulligan when most coaches in the NFL don't? Well, because of the Deshaun three ring circus. That's why. Still, you know, with all the talent and all the money they have out on that field I know. right now. I say it, it. And what happens? If this thing goes south, by the way, I have, again, zero expectations for Deshaun Watson. He hasn't played in two years. Please, I hope everyone understands that. It's already gone south. So um, here's why. Let's say they bring Kevin back for year four, okay? He's already a lame duck head coach. And the reason he's a lame duck head coach next year is because he's now coaching for a contract extension with the Browns. Okay. And so I just say, save yourself the trouble of not even getting into that situation. Um, Again, he's a good offensive coordinator. He really is. His game plans are great. Except for the Browns are 0-5 when they start off the game with an opening drive for a score. They're not Mm 0-5. It's the fifth time this year they start off with a score. They've lost every time. That is a wacky stat. Um, they don't adjust in game at all, or the adjustments that they make in game tend to still be a step behind. You know, Miles Garrett said on Friday that the Dolphins were a step ahead of them before they even made it. Every time they made an adjustment, the Dolphins were a step ahead of them. So, um, my argument is that Stefanski's a head coach. He's not an offensive coordinator. 
That's that's what this boils down to. Okay. He's in charge of the whole thing. And two of the three phases that he's in charge of right now suck. They're putrid. They do nothing right. They can't even kick a goddamn field goal. They've had three field goals blocked this year. How, how, you know, I, he said never, I can't remember the last time I saw a field goal blocked. They have three of them blocked this year. They can't recover an onside kick. They practice this crap every week. The punter is shanking punts. The whole reason they brought him in, field position. The return game. Thank God Jerome Ford came back. It's a little better. It's a little, I give it, you know what, on a mammoth scale of all these problems, Jerome Ford has been a breath of fresh air in the last two weeks. Guess so what? I'll give you that. Still can't cover a kickoff for a punt, though. Like, they do nothing well on special teams. Nothing. And they work on this every week. Every week, over and over and over again, they practice this stuff. And it's an unmitigated disaster. Mike Prefer still employed. Do you send a message if you let someone go right now? Is it good for the organization? I don't see see why. We've already had, what, two coaches fired this year already. Jeff Saturday's won and almost won again today. Just lost by one point. I uh, I, would have fired Prefer three weeks ago. They didn't do it because they believe why because they believe in the process, even though their process sucks and they lose again, all all these smart people that they have in that building, reinventing the game, reinventing the game out there at 76 Luke Rosa Boulevard. You can't walk anywhere in that building without a security escort because what they're doing is so top secret and so great and revolutionary. They can't win a damn game. They are three and seven with all these geniuses who can't figure out how to use Nick Chubb, how to use Kareem Hunt, how the hell to cover a receiver in the slot, how to communicate. You got him. I got him. If he does this, we do that. Like this is elementary football. The geniuses running the Cleveland Browns can't figure out elementary football. And these are the results you have. This is not, well, Deshaun Watson's suspended. So can't can't expect this team to win. No, the reason I'm so fired up is because this team could be making the playoffs this year if they didn't have people with their heads up their posteriors, whether it's on the field or on the sideline or in the front office. Because Andrew Barry isn't immune from this either. And now he has to fix this train wreck without first-round picks. Grant Delpit missed a tackle. Guess what? Woke up the Bills. It was their first down. Third and 10 conversion. Buffalo never looked bad out, back after Delpit missed that tackle. Had Delpit made that tackle, okay, instead of trying to do the Olay that I see him do, oh, by the way, every freaking week on the pads in practice, Olay tackling from Grant Delpit, Every week he practices how he tackles in the game, which is crap. Coaches don't fix it. They don't fix it. And that's what Miles Garrett keeps talking about. Not enough importance on stuff. Not enough attention to detail. He misses a tackle. 
First down, Buffalo gets momentum and just rolls along. 25 unanswered points. The only saving grace is that the Bills kicked six field goals. That's the only saving grace. Brown's defense bent, didn't break as much. Forced six field goals. <laughs> Otherwise, they, they might have put a 50-set piece on the Browns today. Daryl, there were two points in the game I thought that were, were key to not winning. One, you know, the, the halftime flip, because they ended up with 10 points, a touchdown, and a field goal just by winning the coin flip, which yep. is pretty amazing. The other part. Which, by the way, the last two weeks for all the, and I, and I admit, I'm one of them. I'm team take the ball. But the last two weeks, we've seen deferring turn tides in games, right? Yep, exactly. All teams capitalized on that uh, last week. And then up at Ford Field, you saw the Bills capitalize on that as well. So I'm willing to admit my philosophy on team take the ball is probably wrong, and I can now see why you defer. People do. All right, the other part that I look at is with 549 to go in the third in – Bill's territory. They went for it on third and one, didn't get it, went for it on fourth and one. And I think that, I mean, that is when the entire game changed. Oh, game over. I, I mean, something that you would never see is Jacoby Brissett gets stopped on a QB sneak. And we got to see that happen twice in back-to-back plays. But they knew it was coming. It wasn't very, I mean, it didn't, it, like you said, it didn't take... Yeah, it was football Mensa wasn't exactly necessary. And I believe on the fourth down, they didn't even bother lining up anyone behind Jacoby to push him forward. Because remember, you're allowed to you're allowed to push from behind now. It was empty backfield QB sneak. But they were they weren't they in a bind because Froholt was the center, right? So he couldn't play fullback. I'm saying they 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 didn't have any they didn't have it was an empty backfield on fourth down. I gotta go back and double check it, but I'm pretty sure it was empty backfield on on fourth down and they didn't get it. Because on third down, they tried to catch the Bills sleeping. And again, this is the geniuses that run this team trying to outsmart people, and yet they outsmart themselves. Instead of taking your time and making sure you got things right, once again, they get cute, they go hurry up, and it bites them in the ass. They and, and, And I think that that hurry up, frantic, you know, the hurry up stuff, it hurt them again. They tried that nonsense in Atlanta. It was a catastrophe. Did you not learn? Like, are you learning impaired? For as smart as all y'all supposed to be, are y'all learning impaired? Do you not learn from previous situations that have blown up in your faces and you try and do the same stuff again? So Stefanski's a great offensive coordinator. Draws up a hell of a game plan, hell of a, a first 15 script and everything else. Not a great coach in game. Not a great coach in game. Just sits, just stands there with his face buried in his play card, won't yell at anybody, won't get on anyone's ass for screwing up, just he'll just stare right at his play call, see what the analytics tell me to call next on the next play, let the defense fumble about themselves, let Joe Woods handle that, let Mike Prefer handle the sinking special teams, they can't do crap, but, you know, y'all handle that, I'll just stand here with my face buried in my play card, and then we'll see where the – the final score is on the scoreboard, which is usually they have more points than we do. Like, I just, I'm, I'm over it. I'm, o, I'm, o, I'm over the Kevin Stefanski shtick. I, I am. 
they're not they're, they are losing games Andy they should be winning that's that 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 is my biggest bitch right now they are losing games with a quarterback that should be like like the the ball and chain on their ankle dragging them to the bottom of the ocean and Jacoby Brissett's not doing that he's not doing that five games five games terrible coaching Terrible adjustments, terrible execution. They could easily, easily be seven and three right now. Easily. He's Daryl Ryder. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. This is the post-game edition as the Browns fall to the Buffalo Bills in Detroit. If you like what you've already heard so far, there's more to come. And if you really like it, subscribe. And if you really want to be a part of it, hit us up on social media as well at Game Day CLE, Twitter, Instagram. Back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. So Daryl has uh, now settled down a little bit. His blood pressure. Are you back to normal? I just want to make sure. Oh, I, oh and then I normal. There's there is no normal for me. All right, can we talk about something positive for like thirty <laughs> seconds here? I have thirty seconds of positive. Is there something positive? Oh, Amari Cooper. That, well, that was positive. No, Nick Chubb. Nick, hang on, Nick Chubb, who struggled. I mean, we end up with nineteen yards today. Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett will host Feed the Need at Town Hall on Tuesday. It's a great event. Uh, they do a fantastic job of giving back to the community. So that's Tuesday coming up at Town Hall. So, you know, uh, this is uh, as bad as it feels on the football field. This is a reason to give thanks and uh, and, and try to help out some folks that need some help. So, Daryl, what what I'm going to make you, I'm forcing you right now because you're in the heat of uh, – <laughs> uh, talking about this team right now. Tell me something you are thankful for. Um, tell did me. I get to do this podcast three times a week with you? Oh, Daryl, that is so, so kind. So kind. Only, only seven more games left in this season. <laughs> well, we know what the storylines are going to be moving forward. This week it's Tom Brady, and then after that it's Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry for what we'll see over the next couple of weeks. And uh, the, the, I think the hard part is, you know, Browns fans are Browns fans, but keeping their interest for a full 60 minutes, isn't going to be easy after Deshaun Watson starts the season after you, you know, you go to Houston, that'd be a nightmare if he doesn't win in Houston. Cause they're not playing good football there. They'll win that one. I'm, I'm, I I'll call my shot right now. They're going to beat the Texans. I don't know how well Deshaun's going to play. They'll beat the Texans. I don't know if they beat the Bengals again. I don't know if they beat the Ravens again. They should beat the Saints. The Saints, as much as I love the Saints, they're terrible this year. It's not their year. Uh, the Commanders are a, uh, a pain in the side, so that's going to be somewhat problematic. And, well, the Steelers are still the Steelers. So I, I see at least two more wins. They're, they're going to get to five. I feel good about them getting to five. I don't feel so great about them getting beyond five, especially if they lose next week to uh, – Tom Brady and the struggling 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But yeah, this this and and the other factor though, Andy too, is is the fact that a lot of these games are on the road. Like they'll come home, host Tampa Bay. But of the six games that Deshaun Watson has to start, four of those are on the road. And let's be honest about it. Based on what he was accused of in a very public fashion in civil court, I don't think that those are going to be very friendly environments for him to play football in. And there's the human out. I mean, it'll be great if he can have the earmuffs on or earplug, you know what I'm saying, and, and tune that kind of stuff out. But let's be honest about it. There's the human element here. He is a human being and stuff like that. So uh, that that's part of this whole thing, too, is he's got to play a lot of road games. He only has two home games, the Ravens and the Saints. Hmm. Daryl, when you when we look at the rest of the season now, too, because I I mean, obviously, you're looking into the future mode at this point at three and seven. Um, oh, yeah. is, is it a, is, is a race for the entire staff to say, I want to be on the if you want to still be here, um, <laughs> if. Is it a race to say I took the bus home from Pittsburgh at the end of the season? Is that really what this has become? I don't we've think here, we've we've been here before. That's I, I know, but I don't see. I don't think they're going to make a change. I think he come. I think they come back for year four. There'll be some sort of change. I mean, there's just I just don't see the Haslam's coming back with the same coordinators, same head coach. Do you? I put nothing past them. They've been craving stability for the longest time. And I understand it. I just. But Daryl, it's, it's one thing to be stable. Like, it, like if you were in the bills position where they, what they had lost all their games by a combined total of eight points. It's one thing yeah. to have stability when you see progress. The problem now is I don't know that anyone's seeing progress and you know, I, can you be content with what you're seeing? I think it makes everyone in the room uncomfortable and i think everybody knows this is the nfl and everybody starts looking around the room going man you know i think we're going in the wrong direction or how do we fix this and if we don't uh oh it's the nfl i just i i think that they're fooling themselves i i, I do um again stefanski is eight and 15 since starting 14 and six as head coach they basically pinned last season's failure on baker mayfield that was their big excuse right defense finished the season strong Baker sucked down the stretch, hurt or not, you know, probably lost a segment of the locker room and that. So we made the changes we made, right? Blow out the quarterback room, make the blockbuster trade. You bring in Jacoby Brissett to keep the, the seat warm in the hope that when he come, when Watson's allowed to play football, you're in the thick of things and Deshaun Watson steps on the field and he basically carries your home down the stretch, right? Yeah. And they're just they're just too good to be this bad, Andy. Like th that's the whole premise of my anti-Stefanski argument right now. This team has way too much talent to be this bad, and it means that whatever the coaches are doing are not registering with the talent that they have. Again, in microcosm, I mentioned it earlier, late in the first half. Stefan Diggs lines up in the uh, next to Josh Allen to his right in the backfield. Boom. Browns call timeout. They go talk it over. Okay. Smart move. Hey, unique look. Let's make sure we got this right so we don't mess it up. And then what do they do? Next snap, they mess it up. Diggs comes out of the slot, goes right across the middle to the left. There isn't anyone within 
77 inches of snow on <laughs> Diggs, and he catches a wide open touchdown, and that just completely flipped the game on its head. It gave it gave the Bills the lead, and Buffalo never looked back. And that like that it's just inexcusable to come out of a timeout after setting everything up, right? That's what you're supposed to do in a timeout. It's it's the same thing to me as if you call timeout in basketball, you set up a play and you turn it over, right? Things I I just it's little details like that. The fact that they can't even block for a field goal. I onside kicks, I can't really hold that against them even though Yeah, but the field goal thing is is super interesting cuz it's happened before. Like how is this happening in a game? This multiple times. Andy, prior to this season, I can't remember the last time I saw a field goal get blocked, and I've seen three of them already this year. Okay, it's an ex- absolutely inexcusable um, to have it happen once, let alone now happen three times. So again, it's just regression in just about everything, except except the offense. I mean, the offense wasn't great today, and penalties. They got beat pretty good in the trenches. Let's be honest about it. This is the second straight week. Ethan Although they did lose, they lost Ethan Posick. I, I was just about to mention that, yeah. Ethan Posick losing him to a knee injury. Hopefully it's nothing serious. He has to have an MRI. Hopefully that's nothing serious. Yelda Froholt came in, did the best he could do. Unfortunately, guess what happened? He had a, a fumbled center snap exchange. And it caught ended up costing you three points. I mean, that's the that's the only thing positive I have to say about the Browns defense is that they held the Bills to six field goals. I think Jeremiah Jeremiah Wusukomo didn't play a bad game today. I mean, he was oh. hustling. He was playing hard. I mean, I can't question that. I thought he played, you know. I don't. This is not an issue, Andy, of guys playing hard or guys trying. Again, we've we talked about this. I will never right. I will never sit here and say that I don't think players aren't trying because I think that's disrespectful to their profession. I, I will never go down the, the, the E-hole, the effort hole. Uh, I will, though go down the execution hole over and over and over again because they're they're not executing. They are not detailed. Honest to goodness, if Eric Mangini was the coach of this team, Andy, and we know what a pain in the butt he was just to deal with on a day-in, day-out basis and how many fires that he started on his own and could have put out on his own and he just refused to, he was almost, his own worst enemy. But if Eric Mangini was coaching this team right now, without question, they'd be 7-3. and three eight and two because he because he ran he ran a disciplined team remember when he took over the browns they were the worst penalized most undisciplined team in the nfl and in year one they went from the most penalized to i believe they were one of the least penalized in one year and i recognize they didn't win i think they won nine games his two years eight or nine games his two years here didn't win a lot but they were disciplined. They had attention to detail. Their problem was they had a talent deficiency. That was their problem. Well, he brought in all those old vets. But right. still, you know, you got all the, the most all the, ex, all the ex-Jets, all the ex-Patriots. But yeah. they were disciplined. They were detail-oriented. And this team is not disciplined. They're not detail-oriented. And we see it week in and week out. Defense and special teams. It rears its ugly head. And occasionally it pops up on offense. And unfortunately, Andy, when it pops up on offense, it always seems to happen like at the worst time, right? All right. You know what I mean? But it's but again, in defense of Kevin Stefanski as an offensive coordinator and play caller, 
they've been pretty successful on that side of the ball. They score a lot of points. They put a lot of drives together, et cetera, et cetera. But again, Stefanski's not an offensive coordinator. Like I, I would have no complaints in the world if he was the Browns offensive coordinator, none whatsoever. In fact, I'd probably say, hey, you should be in line to be a head coach at some point. But because he's the head coach and two of his three units are failing miserably on epic levels, he, he has to wear that. He has to carry that burden. You're the head as coach. He would say, right? As he would say, it's on me. It's yeah. on me. And yeah. he's right. It is. So, you know, and, and you know, the the reason I brought out the Harvard, the Ivy League stuff and that, because that's all we've heard we've heard about through the like the rebuild process is you know that intellectual th- which I'm all for. Don't get I'm all for trying to outsmart the opponents. 100 percent Any piece of data that can give the Browns an advantage, I'm all for. But again, my point is, is when have you seen that, Andy? pay dividends for the Cleveland Browns. Where has that intelligence, right? Where, where you tell me, where has that benefited the Cleveland Browns? In you team? are what your record says you are. You are three and seven and you can't outsmart anybody. And we've talked about this for years. It's like, I think because the Browns have struggled so much, we always say, why do we have to be the smartest guy in the room? Why can't we just go out there and play football? Why do we, uh, you know, go for it on third and one when that didn't work, go for it on fourth and one. Although I, they had success with it, but I do think those were big turning points in the game. Daryl, you know the greatest part about this? We're, we're, we're done. We don't have to talk. And we get to, t- no, we get to talk about this again <laughs> on Tuesday morning when you join us for the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Thank you, Daryl. Good show today, my friend. Oh, it was a lot of fun. All right, we'll do it again on Tuesday. For our producer, Meredith Kane, thank you. Outstanding job. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. And we're wondering if Twitter's going to be around by the end of the week, but that's another story for another day. It's supposed to be uh, already. It's not going anywhere. It that's just a good be, point. It just might be a thousand times more toxic than it used to be. All right, I'll buy into that too. And everyone's <laughs> a little toxic after losing to the Bills too. So I was... Uh, you know, I apologize for being toxic today. I was you toxic. Weren't toxic. You were being a, what I think probably a majority of Browns fans are feeling today. And I think you expressed it. And I think a lot of people will appreciate you for that as well. All right. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. Thank you, Meredith Kane, for a great job producing today. It's always game day. Game day.